When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome back to whatever episode this is of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McKeady. Um, we're taking a fun little twist today, a, f- a twist and a turn that you probably would not expect. Um, I've wanted to do this for a very long time, and I'm so excited for who I'm about to do it with. I am joined again by my friend Danielle, Danielle Gasparo. Danielle, how are you? Troy, I want to be hot. Not cute, not adorable, hot. <laughs> well, that's, that coincides with me wanting to be bad because uh, you make it look so good. It's me, Manny Santos. Hi, how are you? <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited for this. So we, first of all, just how are you in life? Um, like scale it one to 10. One to 10, probably most likely a 10. Like I am a newlywed to a very hot, sexy man. Yes, I will drop. He is a chef. Yes, yes, yes. So I am living, I am eating. I am staying in a bubble still because of quarantine but we are living it as fabulously as I can. <laughs> I was just telling Danielle, like, first of all, her and her husband are both like very cool. She owns, obviously, if you don't know, do you want to plug your uh, your online boutique like before we even get started? Oh my God, yes, thank you. I would love to, especially since we are talking about fashion today. Yeah. <laughs> and um, a big thing we were talking about fashion today is unfortunately fast fashion. And if you are trying to combat fast fashion, you can come over to my vintage resale shop. I am Golden Trash on Instagram and soon to be on Etsy as well. I'm a one woman run show that brings you fashions and musings of yesteryears without uh, the shitty political views. <laughs> Yeah, Danielle has some really, I mean, it's like, I watch your lives, like, I, I'm obsessed with everything that you sell, and yeah, you are just, like, living your best life right now, you guys, you and your husband are both very cool, you're always, like, in some really cool vintage look, very, like, rockabilly, I told her earlier that it was giving very much true romance, Alabama Whirly and Clarence, like, it's cool, I'm very, I'm happy for you. Oh my God. Thank you so much. We are both, I'm speaking for him, of course, because I am now his wife and that is what I'm allowed to do. Um, We we both are very honored and appreciate your blessings. (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of fashion, like you said, we are going to be doing, now I've never done this. I've never done. um, It's crazy because early 2000s fashion is like really the thread that holds this whole podcast together. Like above all things, fashion is the thing that helps me really navigate time periods I feel like I've gotten really good at looking at something and being like oh okay so that was like more y2ke so I know where to place it as far as like notes or whatever um I'm always talking about fashion and just you know how big of a role it plays on 
me and on what I talk about. So I thought like, how fun would it be to do an episode like completely dedicated to early 2000s fashion, but like really breaking it down in a way that I feel like I don't really hear people talk about very often. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I do like fashion is the co-host of your show. It is the co-host of my show. I talk about fashion so much. Like in four years, I think it's the one thing I've talked about more than anything, you know, even more than Britney, I will say it. Well, it's those things that like, it's kind of like hearing your favorite song from like a summer that takes you back to a certain place. It's like you could see a satchel bag or Mm -hmm. the baguette or the Juicy Couture, or a flip phone. And it takes you back to this moment of time that is untouchable, but also so embarrassing and cringy at the same time. Right. Like it makes you kind of tilt your head a little bit like, but also, yeah, like you said, it's very nostalgic and, you know, it's cool to see well, we're going to talk about the resurgence, of course, of, of Y2K and early 2K fashion. Um, but it is cool to see people, some of the items make me cringe, I'll be honest. But I would say it's it's cool to see people get credit for their style in a way that they wouldn't have back then or up until now, I guess. Oh, oh exactly. I mean, how everyone considers the Y2K and 2000s decade, the worst fashion decade of mm-hmm. all time. And I want to go ahead and point out that a big reason that probably is, is because we were fed more media in that small nugget of time than we were ever fed before. Mm-hmm. So we got to see people on the worst dress list more than ever before. We got to see people on their casual days and we got to see the rise of athleisure and like quote unquote normal things that celebrities wear. Yeah, totally. And I feel like even though we really were like leaning into it, we really leaned into all the things that made the early 2000s what they were fashion wise. It was like there were no boundaries or rules really if we, I don't think we knew at the time that we were living in a, in a, in a boundaryless fashion period. Like, oh my God, no, because I mean, this was even like pre, we're talking pre-recession. Mm-hmm. We're talking like P Diddy era where we had it all. We were living it up. We had to have, we had to have two $50 t-shirts to layer on top of each other. <laughs> sometimes four. I mean, depending oh on the day, sometimes four or five tanks. Uh, <laughs> But no, you're right. Yeah, it was a very sort of just like spin, 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 designer, label, tacky, you know, time period. And I I can understand how like fashion snobs would look at that and say like it was the worst time in fashion. But it doesn't mean it doesn't deserve, you know, it doesn't mean that it A, isn't important and B, that it doesn't deserve to be sort of examined in a way that any time in fashion deserves to be examined because it was so influential. Obviously, we're fucking drowning in it right now oh my god we are so drowning in it like even I think it's so hard to even discuss this of the millennial versus the gen z kids of this y2k fashion Mm. battle right it's it's so funny I want to ask you um well I want to of course ask you a couple things about your experience at early 2000s fashion but like have you seen as far as your like online boutique like have you seen the stuff that's selling? Like, are you seeing that reflect in what you're selling, I guess? 
Um, yes and no, because I feel like I still sell to a lot of millennials and mm. we are still very much stuck in like an 80s, 90s, like 70s vintage vibe and mm-hmm. the, the clothes that we are more leaning towards. But I have these, I have Gen Z people that buy off of me. I say people like they's the wonderful <laughs> children of the world that is bringing us up. Those people. Oh my God. But I have a couple of really cool girlies in particular that I just like, I find them so iconic and they're like in their early twenties and they all wear true early 2000s trash looks. Mm. And it's so amazing to me because it brings me so much joy, but at the same time, it kind of like gives me PTSD from the body imagery of it all because all the girls that wear it are, I'm not going to lie, they're really pretty skinny white girls who have these long torsos and long legs, like heroin chic, and they look good in low rise jeans. But I'm like, um, that's still not something that like, I need to go ahead and put that myth out there that like the low rise jean thing is never going to come back as a whole thing ever. And I wish people would stop trying to say that Gen Z is trying to bring that back. And those are the only jeans you'll be able to buy at the store. Like that is never going to happen again because we live in a way more body positive moment now than we did in the 2000s. Totally. And people are way less interested right now in like trying to like stuff themselves into stuff that, you know, that they know they don't look good in. I mean, it's, it's like, people are a lot less apologetic about fashion now than they were then. And I don't know, I feel like as far, I do think that there's a really interesting thing happening right now where there's this divide. Obviously, if, I mean, if you're on TikTok, you know that there's a really big divide between millennials and Gen Z. And I think at the core of it, I don't think millennials, I think it's flying a little bit too close to the sun for a millennial. I think that that time, like you said, that time period of fashion is very triggering. Oh, it's so triggering. It's too much sometimes. Like, it's like, I mean, there was no representation. The fat phobia was insanely out the roof. Yeah. And when I see these, like, I don't even, I feel like such an old lady, an old bitch saying this, but you see these like beautiful young Gen Zers who have grown, like who have really lived in a more social acceptable world just in the past 10 years, past 10 to 15 years than we really grew up in. Right. And it's like, I love that they're able to express it, but at the same time, I'm like, you don't even get it. Well, for sure, because even at the, back then, it's like, even if you were somebody who, you know, just so happened to be born with Paris Hilton's body, it's like, all of the clothes that were being marketed to you were these, like, these Y2K centric clothes, but then you were like a whore for wearing them. So even if you did fit into them, you still had this weird, like, like the way that Gen Z is able to like, unapologetically lean into all of those things like the belly tops and your thong hanging out and like all of that stuff it's like sure people in our generation did it but the way that you got fucking beat beat for it like (laughs) you know what I mean it's like there's just so much trauma surrounding early 2000s fashion and I don't know and I do want to get into like I don't know there's just so many things I want to get into first I want to ask you who were you in the early 2000s? Like, where did you fall? 
what kind of girl were you? What were you wearing? What were you not wearing? Like, tell me everything. Oh my God. Okay. So I feel like who I wanted to be. Okay. Was Evie from 13. Okay. Love her. <laughs> like I wanted to be kind of like dirty, bad girl. So, but I also lived in a small town where it was only like kind of like preppy things. So very Laguna Beach. Mm-hmm. So I always tried to ride like that in between of like Avril Lavigne and Hillary Duff, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that I was like, oh, I could go to PacSun and buy a band tee. But I also wore like disgusting sweater clogs from American Eagle. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like... I want it to be a mixture of Evie from 13 and Lindsay Lohan's character from like Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. But I just didn't have the money to achieve that look at the time. <laughs> no, I totally get it. It's so funny, the difference between what you wanted to be and like what you actually were. It's so true. Like that's real as fuck. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what say you? Who would you? Who are you? Um, okay, well, all right. So ironically, like my two groups of friends were like extremely preppy, just like the preppiest, preppiest house down mama boots. And then all of my other friends were all like seen and punk. And I was always just very like, I basically dressed like a queer eye cast member. I mean, (laughs) like my sleeves were judged. I always had like five collars. I wore blazers all the time. Did you wear a lot of sunglasses? Did you have a lot of sunglasses? (laughs) I didn't really wear a lot of sunglasses, but I was infamous for like a blazer hoodie moment. Like I loved like a zip up with like a blazer that I got at the thrift store and some like distressed jeans. Like I used to make my own jeans. I was, it's so funny. I was more gay in high school than I am now. I was more gay when I was closeted. (laughs) 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 Like I was like, you know, four collars popped. Like I just was very like, I had moved to a new school and I was like, I'm just going to make fashion like my identity. Cause I didn't know who else to be. Uh, Troy. I love that. That is like, uh, that is like so beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm just going to like, that's, this is my thing. Like, I don't play a sport. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not in any like Maybe extracurriculars. So I'm just going to be a, a little fashion boy. <laughs> Want to be on top. Okay, listen. <laughs> literally walking down the hallways yeah with my like messenger bag that's actually causing me a great deal of like back pain but you know pain (laughs) is beauty or whatever um (laughs) well so I sent you this YouTube channel that I'm obsessed with that everybody should follow called modern girls with a z and she does a lot of like early 2000s like think piece kind of stuff about pop culture and music and um a lot of fashion stuff and she mentioned that how like we basically saw this like second wave like in the early 2010s we saw like a a second wave grunge movement right that was really inspired by the 90s in a salvageable way it was like stuff that made sense that you could be like oh like that's 90s leather jacket flannel whatever and (laughs) it you know it's like stuff that made sense to people that like didn't technically live through it but they could look at it and tell and I think that you can say the same for what's happening right now. It's like these these bits and pieces of things that Gen Z can look at and be like, okay, flip phone, juicy couture tracksuit, thong, um, rhinestone stuff, tinted sunglasses, early 2000s. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a starter pack. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's a starter pack. Like it doesn't go, it doesn't go deep. It's very surface, but it's no, like it's, it, the, it's the starter pack without the trauma. <laughs> totally, and it makes sense because it's like, how would they know? It reminds me of when we were in high school, and you know, the '80s had come back, and then we had. And I want to get into like the breakdowns of the the different eras of the 2000s. Yeah, we did have an '80s revival, and we had you know, like this sort of 70s boho revival. And it was very tangible. It was like flared jeans, you know, low, like sort of pointless belts hanging on your hips. It was just stuff that you saw in like pictures. I think it's crazy because I feel like we see it more now because what she said in the video was talking about the 20 year rule and how every 20 years those things will always come back because it's just kind of like this curve mm-hmm. and it's insane because I learned about that in fashion school so it was so awesome to hear her even talk about that and I'm like we're just really I think it's weird for us like people our age who lived through that because now we're seeing it like tangibly done mm-hmm. and we see it more than any other generation has seen before obviously with just like the amount of media and social awareness that we have mm-hmm. and it's like yeah all these things are always coming back so we can guarantee that probably here in like another 20 years it's gonna come back again it's so true I mean I think we're able to and like really overanalyze it. I mean, look, listen to us right now. We're literally doing a podcast about fashion revival, even though this is something that's happened since the beginning of, of time. Yeah, it's always been like this. It's sure. always been like this, but we're able to analyze it and obsess over it and look at it and see it in a way that nobody's ever really been able to. And it's just interesting. Like I even remember being younger and having, I'll never forget I had this teacher who, was like really sort of like stuck in the 80s in this like kind of dark way right like in a way that was like oh like it wasn't like fun it was like oh like awkward, like the hair and everything yeah like it was giving very like Mrs. Geist you know <laughs> like sweet lady but like oh or um and then she I remember she would always comment on our clothes and be like god because the 70s were back and she'd be like god like we would never wear that or like she was just so like taken aback by the fact that like the seventies had come back and she couldn't get over seeing us, these kids in these like seventies inspired looks. And now I'm like old enough to relate to her where I'm like, I get it a little bit. Oh my it's, God. It's I, I so get it because I have such a similar story of, I remember the very first time I ever got Chuck Taylors and like when Chuck Taylors became super popular again Mm -hmm. and kind of like, I think I was in eighth grade and they were so expensive. Like they were 60 bucks, you know, for these shoes. And I begged my mom, please let me get a pair. And she was like, I hated these shoes when I was a kid. You couldn't get me. I hated wearing them. They're bad for your feet. They're this and this. And I got a pair of black and hot pink, super Avril, and they were the best shoes I've ever owned. (laughs) God, that's so funny. I do remember when Chuck Taylors had become like, yeah, you're right. They were like almost $70. It was fabric. Oh, it was, they were so expensive and they're obviously not comfortable shoes. And when (laughs) I 
And when I went, I totally thought that I was having like this cool punk girl moment. Like I was a skater girl. Yes. There were these two very like preppy girls in the store talking about how ugly they were when I bought them. And my mom is totally that mom. And she was like, well, this is my daughter and she loves them and she knows what she's talking about. Oh, and look at you, (laughs) bought a, a timeless shoe. Truly the most timeless shoe that exists. It probably is, honestly. Um, that girl gave the exa- an example that I thought was really funny, um, where she said, like, you know, as far as items being tangible and items like, you know, sort of cherry picking certain things to sort of uh, describe an entire time period. She was like, you're not going to see like long dresses over jeans come back because that is so that feels so intensely far removed from anything that's been in style for so long that like, you know, that's not, it's, it's, it's easy to see like a a Tumblr grunge movement become like a Y2K cool girl thing, but like something as random as dresses over jeans is something (laughs) that like, if you're 20 years old, you're like, wait, what? You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm not trying to look like Ashley Tisdale on the red carpet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which for us, like dresses over jeans was like a whole moment. A oh whole my God. Moment. I feel like, I feel like I was the first girl in my school to try that because I was from a really small country school. And I was like, I was the same as you where I was like, I'm going to be, a, I'm a fashion girl. Like I tried different yeah. things. I wore like bows in my hair and like all these <laughs> extra accessories that I just thought this is so chic. This is so fashion. and I was like wearing a dress over my jeans and I wore like little pointed toe ballet flats that I got from Rue 21 that were so cheap and shiny and disgusting (laughs) oh my god especially a good like high low dress like a dress that had like a random part of it that went all the way up to the hip oh you could see the whole jean but (laughs) you know what I mean oh my god it was everything that was everything to me um you mentioned earlier fast fashion. We have to talk about that. Uh, I want to get your opinion on this. This is, could be me just like reading too far into it, but I do have a theory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I think that there's a really interesting parallel between us being at the height of fast fashion and a Y2K resurgence happening at the same time, because unfortunately... <laughs> the Y2K aesthetic lends itself to these like sort of cheaply made, I, I mean, I can't speak yes. for everybody. Oh my God. Yes, no, this is not a theory, girl. Speak on it, speak the truth. What you say in is so true, okay? Okay, like when I think of Y2K clothes, I think of cheap fabrics, no mm-hmm. matter how expensive they are. I think of cheap fabrics. I think of everything just looking extremely inexpensive, even if it costs a million dollars. And no better time to have this fast fashion thing happen and have mass produced items happen than during like a Y2K resurgence where everything is like mesh and cheap thin fabrics. I just like, I want to cry because it was obviously, this is the exact like notes I do have written down. Really? (laughs) Yes, because it's true. So not only were all those 2000s things made super poorly, and this is a big reason why like, some people do say 2000s were like, oh, the worst fashion decade was because Mm -hmm. the quality of clothes were so bad. Mm -hmm. They were insanely outsourced. Like the 2000s, everything was being outsourced. Nothing was being made in America. Everything was being made 
poorly and probably um, not ethically, obviously, even like some of those big designer houses. And then you were having the popularity of knockoffs becoming a thing. Mm -hmm. So then you have that going in on it. So of course you're mass producing and then you have department stores and these stores that, you know, now hold this incredible, like every, like, I don't even know how to describe forever 21 in my life. Like, you know what I mean? I still remember the first time I went into a forever 21 and thought I can afford so much with $40. And it was so exciting to me because all I wanted were things to make me look like this. And on top of that, it was all small things, crop tops, Mm -hmm. um, night slips, camisoles, you know, like I think the only it's not even quality but I feel like the sturdiest bullshit that came out of 2000s like prep fashion were piquet polos because those things like Mm. will live like you could I don't know I feel like you couldn't even burn those fuckers (laughs) (laughs) no but you're right though it was a real like um it was a real like peak consumerist time you know and like the fact that we couldn't really buy stuff online yet like you had to go to these stores and I've talked a lot on this podcast about the fact that, you know, the, the stores that you went to were sort of like your tribe. Like you were. Oh my God. Yeah, you were Hot Topic or you right. were Forever 21. You were American Eagle. Like we were really just like slaves to consumerism. Like we spent all of our time in the mall shopping as much as possible you couldn't just like scroll I mean you could buy shit online but it was like it was just not as common like you really had to go to the mall I still I didn't buy something online until I was like in college and I'm 29 years old no I get it I get it I remember being like god you can't try it on though like my friend Sophia used to buy stuff online a lot and I'd be like dude like you keep having to send it back. It seems so crazy that you send stuff back after you try it on and it doesn't fit. Like it didn't even fit into like my world. It's like, don't you want to just like go to the mall and try it on? It was also, I mean, online shopping was such a privilege at that time. I I had a girl, I had a really good friend that always online shopped from the American Eagle website. And it was like, satanic the way that website was set up (laughs) they would be like they you would buy like those disgusting bermuda patchwork shorts and they'd be like oh to pair with these shorts you can buy this polo this cami these sunglasses this belt and it literally she would buy the whole outfit psychotic oh and it was so expensive so expensive then it'd be like and the shipping by the way is 14 dollars because we don't do promo codes yet (laughs) they don't exist yet and you're probably not gonna get it for a month (laughs) right you'll get it in a month and it'll be the wrong size and you send it back and it takes a month it just felt like it just felt so otherworldly to me to be like I'm gonna buy my whole outfit online I just was like no like I'm gonna go to urban and spend a million fucking dollars on some dumb thing that I won't have in a week um another thing I found really interesting that I wanted to talk to you about is the fact that like okay I kind of brought this up earlier, but you never see people differentiate the time periods of the 2000s. And there are time periods. It can be broken down. I would say that there are three definitive time periods of the 
the early 2000s, I looked all over the internet and I saw a lot of articles that agreed that there's the Y2K era, which is different than the rest of it, by the way. I, I want I want to like so really, different. let's talk about this for a second. The Y2K era, those first couple years are really important. I would say, I mean, it's what you see the most right now is like- yeah. And I mean, it makes sense because we're on like the 20 year. It's 2021. So we're thinking like 2000, 2001. Yeah, exactly. 2000, 2001. I would say even like, I know it doesn't technically technically count, but like 99. I agree. 99 completely. I agree. That's where you see this like sort of really heavily inspired, like new millennium future tech fashion. Um, I wrote in my notes that it's almost, you could say that it's almost like apocalyptic a little bit. Like it's, it's, it's giving apocalypse vibes, but also like, it's like playful and very like whimsical and bright and fun because it's supposed to represent like this new future. Like, yes. So it was so exciting because I feel like it was this beautiful time of a, we had like so many young artists and young people who were in the fashion world who we were seeing like I mean the metallics of it all of that decade it was like if you weren't wearing silver to go into the millennium were you gonna die (laughs) (laughs) like what's protecting your skin I mean and it's just I, I agree like I think there was something really beautiful about like this culture of all of us coming together like we're breaking in we're doing it we did it and it was just like amazing and then I think there's like post 9-11 a little bit where consumerism changed a lot of the ways we bought fashion which we talked Mm. about a little bit already Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really good point it's it's so true it really was just like it was it was whims it was a whimsical time in fashion it was so we were having fun we were having so much fucking fun we were getting Tina Knowles originals TKO girl we were getting on the red carpets we were getting amazing music videos we were getting like it was just the peak to me it was like my favorite time of growing up yeah I also wrote in my notes that it reminds me of like when you look at you know the 1960s or like the late 50s and you look at stuff like the twilight zone and like what they thought like the future would be you know like it's like silly almost like it's like oh that's the 60s version of like the of the year 2000 the two you know the year 2000 was very much like that too where it was like this is the year 2000s version of what they think it'll be it'll be like in 10 years where like basically the Michael and Janet scream video is what they thought the future would be you know what I mean Uh, which like it basically marked to me like that video is a big beginner of Y2K fashions Oh, for sure. Oh my God. It's wild to look at that video now and be like, everything that they're wearing from head to toe is like very chic right now at this moment. Like it's crazy. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. You see a lot of, um, I just like wrote down some descriptors in my notes where you're seeing a lot of like extremely low rise jeans. And I know that we're going to have a low rise jean conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, a lot of metallics, like you said, reflective colors, a lot of mesh, a lot of leather, lots of like leather play, um, everything studded, everything rhinestones. 
there was this massive resurgence that I don't feel like we talk about a lot of denim. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. I agree. Like I read this, oh, I can't remember. I read a piece. I don't know if it was one of the pieces I sent, I sent to you, but it talked a lot about denim because it's like, I mean, I think it goes unsaid, like the Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears, like denim moment mm -hmm. on the red carpet and then just pushing denim. We were the most casual we had ever been at that point in fashion. Mm -hmm. ever like adults like I feel like the 90s uh, we relate a lot to grunge and things like that and that was like teens you know what I mean right but when you were talking about 2000s fashion I mean this was like adults were wearing these things that we saw like the housewives wearing like the same things that you would maybe see like some of these it girls wearing mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. we were getting the beginnings of like reality tv where we saw normal people wearing that stuff yeah, you saw it was so playful that you'd be like, hey, like we've always just worn denim on our pant on our like legs. Let's put it on our boots. You know what I mean? Like it was like, <laughs> let's put it on sunglasses. Why not? Let's let's put it wherever. Like let's see what it looks like to have a denim, a denim hat on your head caught to the side. Why not? It's denim. Like it was just so playful and like um not limitless. What's the word I'm looking for? Like it was like no it's eternal like denim I always tell people like denim is the journey denim is something that's fashion forever like yeah denim is forever and what's really great about it is it's like worker it's it's like from the workers class it's like a right. very it's a very trickle up theory which I really find interesting because you see that in the 2000s of it becoming this like bling bling type of moment you know where you have like all of these amazing we get seven of mankind created oh like, you know what I mean? Like we actually have true designer denim being created in the 2000s for like the first time where you're paying all that money for jeans. I mean, hello, who was, who, who did they steal the jeans from? Jeans that were perfectly made for my body. It's so fucking nuts, dude. And like, honestly, I feel like jeans also became such a weird staple. Like, I don't think people realize that before that, like we were wearing jeans, but you, it, like we had taken jeans and been like, no, you can wear jeans to work. You can wear them to school. You can wear them to a funeral. You can wear them to like wherever they're, they, you can dress them up. You can dress them down. You would see girls going out in like their pointy heeled uh, stilettos and jeans, but also oh, like- oh, That is the moment, <laughs> the moment. Like, like, where are you going? You know, where are you going in that outfit? Everywhere, bitch, everywhere. No, literally everywhere. Like I'm grocery shopping mm -hmm. in like neon green, like oh my gosh. sharp pointed so heels. Pointed. So pointed. All you see is the point. And because only the point. Yeah. The pants are so long, of course, like they drag the ground. <laughs> right. So then they started making the point like so long. Like if you pull the girl's jeans up and look at her shoe, it was actually like seven feet long. Because the point was so long just so that you could see it through the flare jeans. It's just so <laughs> and the jeans would get so like, can you imagine being the bottom of the jeans of like Lindsay Lohan, <laughs> Paris Hilton, Britney Spears on a night out? Oh like, my God. <gasps> no, for your like expensive ass designer jeans. Because that was also like the designer jean era. So it was like, you're spending, I mean, jeans were really fucking expensive back then. You're, you're buying like these jeans that are like a hundred dollars 
and the bottom of them look <laughs> rotted, rotted. Crazy, <laughs> like, it's crazy. Um, yeah, but so there's obviously there's the Y2K era, which is iconic. And then you have, and can I also just say one more thing about Y2K before we like- Oh my God, of course. Can we talk about low-rise jeans now? Can we just do that now? Yes, yes. Okay, I have theories about low-rise jeans and they involve a very special person in my life who I can, I'm sure you could guess who it is. The the inventor (laughs) of the low-rise jeans. (laughs) I have been waiting my entire moment, my entire life to make this point and this is the moment. People, okay, so I know you actually sent me this like oral history of the low-rise gene, which I thought was so interesting. Oh, so good. And they talked about how like in 94, Madonna was photographed wearing um, the Alexander McQueen like butt crack gene and basically brought it into like the mainstream. Mm -hmm. But when you think about the pop star wardrobe, the crop top and the low-rise gene, I don't think people understand that 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 silhouette was a part of Britney's marketing. And because she was so popular, it became the just sort of the pop star uniform. Like that really was like, you sent me that thing that was like, like how low will Britney's jeans go? Oh my God. (laughs) I know I read that. It was so (laughs) hilarious. But it was like, yeah, like she really defied all things like the the super, super extremely low rise down to like the tippy top of your vagina. You're gonna like I you're gonna see like the vagina line. Like you're gonna see the like I'm like where it's like <laughs> it's crazy. That was a Britney thing. She doesn't get credit. She gets lumped in with like Paris and Lindsay and stuff as like one of the girls that just wore a bunch of shit back then but no like those girls were wearing it because she helped make it so popular I agree and I definitely think that we saw like more pictures of Britney and like casual wear almost more than any other star because the like paparazzi were after her obviously mm-hmm. and it's just like even when you see her casual wear with her like graphic tees and like low-rise jeans and her like right. her dirty flip-flops I'm like <laughs> oh my God, that is like, that's, to me, that is the look of the two. Like, that's what I think of. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Like everything just sort of thrown on, no like real rhyme or reason behind anything. She's wearing like shell earrings and a choker. Uh And yeah, you're right. Some like crazy graphic t-shirt or like some weird, like patchy. Cause everything during that Y2K era felt very like DIY, you know, I, I ripped this arm off of this shirt and, I, and I, I'm going to sew it onto this blouse, but I'm going to cut it up the side kind of gig, you know, with like some super low rise jeans. And like you said, dirty flip flops are just like a boot. Like that's oh, the Britney look. Of course. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm just like thinking of the, gra- the graphic tee of it all. I just oh love it. But low rise jeans, we're talking about that. I love all of the variations of low rise jeans that we got throughout the years. Like that is something that I do want to say, I feel like we are truly blessed for. Like I personally, my favorite pair of low rise jeans when I was a kid were mud and they had like the brown, uh, like corset, uh, tie right in the middle. 
And I was like 13 years old and entirely too young to be wearing them. And every time I put them on, I felt dirty as hell. And I was just like, these are sex. Like I'm so sexy in these. <laughs> all of those jeans, all of those jeans never had back pockets, which was like insane. Oh. The no back pocket. And I would read in magazines, like I would read in like my YM magazine no back pockets make your butt look bigger. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. <laughs> and like looking back, was there anything less flattering than a jean with no pocket? Oh, it's disgusting. It oh my God. It compacts your butt. Like I actually, so I did find in the newest drop that's going to be coming to Golden Trash in the next couple of days, I found some amazing like true late 90s, early 2000s, hip huggers and they're extremely low rise and when I got them I was like oh my god I'm gonna try them on like you know maybe I can actually pull this off totally and my ass is too big that's (laughs) one of the things it's like girl like big asses are a thing that are really popularized now unlike they were in the early 2000s so it's like big ass girls can't even wear those I can't it's it's even my waist size and I can't get it past my ass (laughs) You know, I think that that's why people, it's like younger people, I don't think really understand like the magnitude of what Jennifer Lopez's ass meant to us. Oh my God. Because she was the only one who was really, even though there were like, I mean, obviously you had like black girls that had big asses and like there were girls that had asses, but like the celebration of the big ass. Oh my God, J-Lo. Because of J-Lo. The OG big booty Judy. Oh my God. It's like, and I, this is really sad to say, but I think a big reason why hers was like even more glorized was because she was like a light skinned type of person. You know oh, what for I mean? sure. So it's like, I, how many white guys did I know growing up in my high school that was like Jennifer Lopez, she's my number one. And I'm like, okay, you know. Totally. Yeah, like her whole thing was so, her look was so like fetishized at that time, you know, like even in like rap videos and stuff, like everybody, even if you were a black girl, you still had to kind of look like J-Lo. Oh yeah. Like the video Vixen, like we had the the video Vixen of the 2000s. Everything happened. It's so crazy because this whole conversation is just too large to even put in one podcast because it's everything we're talking about is relevant to everything we talk about now. Does that make sense? Of course. And it's also layered, you know? It's so fucking layered. I do want to say one more thing about the low rise jeans that I really love about seeing it again now, because, you know, what you kind of said, what we talked about earlier about Gen Z being unapologetically, not only like sex forward, but just like body forward. I see like Gen Z girls wear low rise jeans with like a happy trail and their pubic hair. Right. And I'm like, that's so fucking wild, man. Like, yeah yeah it's like they take they've taken fashion and like like for women I I'd say at least like they've removed the male gaze from it like girls like dress for girls now girls don't really dress for like men the way that they did when we were younger no not at all and it's like I have I I have a friend who is very young and she dresses very y2k trash like i said mm-hmm. and she wears like one of her go-to outfits is black fishnets short denim shorts and a red thong coming out and i'll see her post like these guys at the 
gas station were looking at me. Fuck them. Don't fuck yeah. me. Me like I'll yes. eat you, and she's like, I'll eat your soul, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're so strong. <laughs> no, it's so cool. Like, I remember my friends like for I think all through high school, like lipstick wasn't even a thing because it was like, well, guys like lip gloss. So yes. like, I remember for all through high school, not up until college, of like seeing like just like makeup trends even were like it was all just like the male gaze it was like what do men think is sexy all of all female fashion was like centered around like what men find sexy and like the silhouettes everything and now it's like not like that at all um which is so fun it's so fun yeah it's just like it's so empower it's like to see the empowerment through fashion in this way like I I go like up and down about it like what we said earlier what I'm saying I feel like they get to enjoy a lot of the joys of early 2000s fashion without the trauma right and I love that for them but it's just so weird to see happening yeah it, it is weird to see happening it's very FOMO it's very like oh god like I wish I could be you know 19 and like Soon, I want to, I mean, eventually we're going to get into the conversation of, like, hip-hop fashion. Oh, yes. Um, and I want to talk, well, we'll talk, we'll get into it. Um, I do want to, okay, so we talked about the Y2K of it all. The time period that I think gets overlooked the most is the mid-2000s, where you saw this, like, like 50s, 60s thing happening there was this whole like boho vintage moment because of people <laughs> like Mary Kate and Nicole Richie and really because of Rachel Zoe. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so happy you said Rachel Zoe. <laughs> like it's really like Rachel Zoe's. <laughs> that's like, somebody, see, that, see, that's somebody who I'm like, these are the types of people who I'm like, the young kids don't even know that person. And that's what makes me salty. <laughs> I know. Cause it's like, you're wearing these clothes and you don't understand why they're a thing, but like, yeah, like Rachel Zoe's love of like Bohemian vintage had a major influence on young Hollywood, which then trickled down to all of us. And you know, at this particular point, like you're seeing, it, it was very different than the Y2K. Like you're seeing maxi skirts and peasant tops and chunky mm-hmm. belts. And you, like I said earlier, like belts over your hips that don't have a purpose, but to just be cool oh and God. ties as belt. Do you remember like neckties as belts? Yes. You know? <laughs> and I loved, I loved it. Like I personally, I think an unsung hero of this time is Raven Simone of That's So Raven. Bitch, spill it, yes. Like, her style was so of that trend. And, like, her whole gig on the show was being into fashion. Like, oh my God, mm. that show is that show is beyond its time. It's absolutely amazing. I love it so much. But I think of her every time I think about this era of fashion in the 2000s of it being, like, vintage and very boho in, like, 1960s, 1970s, because Raven Simone was all about that in that show. And I feel like she always gets overlooked, um, which... I mean, I know why, but <laughs> right. But no, you're right though. You're so right. No, like I know why, but yeah, it's so true. I loved. I mean, all of the Mary Kate and Ashley line was oh my super God. boho, and I like. 
oh my God, I remember the items that I, I like specifically remember I had like a crocheted vest from them. That was super like, oh my God, I'm going to Woodstock. Like my mom, I yes. got when we got it at Walmart, my mom was like, oh, sis looks like she's going to Woodstock. Look at her and her crocheted vest. And like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just like living it. And they had the lip gloss and everything. They had all the accessories. Like a lot of those fashion lines were geared towards that. And that was like fast fashion that was available in department stores for normal people. Yeah, that was our fast fashion was going to like the big K and being like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, cool. <laughs> Like Mary Kate and Ashley have these chic gauchos that are. <laughs> oh my God, Troy, that is no, that is cursed. Gauchos are cursed. <sighs> the brat, like, honestly, do you know what I want to talk about? This is a trend that I want to talk about for females of the 2000s, for Tell women me. of the 2000s. Oh my God. The rollover. The rollover. Oh of my the God. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> Oh my God. But was there anything more like sexy though? Oh my God. No, like bring it on. Hello. Like the Sophie shorts. Like it was like, okay, well, if my shorts aren't low rise enough, I'm going to make them low rise. Yeah. It's like, they've got to be low, tight and short. (laughs) So short. The whole roll over. I just like, oh my God. I just, I have chills right now thinking about just like the act of rolling over my shorts. I can hear faintly in my head right now, like one of my teachers being like, you know, yelling at my friends because their shorts are too short. And then them being like, oh, and like undoing one single roll. One single roll. Cause that's all it took was like a half an inch from your vagina. <laughs> it's like they go from being a thong to a boy short. <laughs> oh my God. This was, I think. Um, no, we've mentioned thong once already, but I'm like, is this the first time we've mentioned thong so far? No, it's like, it honestly is like that weird boho time period is like holds such a special place in my heart. Cause I feel like it's when I loved fashion before that, but I feel like that specific time in the early two thousands when like, like you said, the Olsons really started to kind of have their own individual styles. And you saw like Mary Kate, like wearing like cool like flared jeans and like all these like vintage band t-shirts and stuff it was like you know it was really it's a really special time and it really gets overlooked because it's not you know it's not metallics and it's not mesh and it's not whatever but it's also not like later obviously the early 2000s became the 80s it wasn't flashy like the mid 2000s was not as flashy but it was really cool I think it's really special for us because it's like, I feel like that was one of the first times in fashion in my life that I could kind of, especially because I'm like, spoiler alert, I'm a white woman. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm a white country Italian woman. And I think it was like one of the first times in my life that I could like kind of create this identity around fashion that was hearkening back to this time. Like I kind of always been into old things because obviously like vintage is my steez, but that was the first time that I really was like, vintage is so cool. You know what I mean? Right. Vintage is cool. Like they're wearing old t-shirts and they're wearing this and they're wearing like hip huggers and roller skates and all that kind of stuff. And I just think that it was like a really good time for us at that age period that it was one of the first times that we could create an identity around fashion 
I 1000% agree with you. And I also feel like we should give, give glory to the queen herself. I really feel like this is when Jessica Simpson like kind of came into her own. Oh my gosh. I really feel like Jessica Simpson's, but Jessica Simpson's take on boho was like, bitch, she had me in a fucking headlock. She had me in a headlock. The idea I love, like one of my favorite things to do is being like, do you know one of the most famous celebrity fashion designers is Jessica Simpson? (laughs) (laughs) She's worth a billion dollars. She is, man. The amount of money that woman has made is insane. And the the biggest reason is because it's attainable. Like she actually made her clothes attainable to normal people, which is absolutely fabulous. But I agree. I was in love with like the femme boho that was Mm -hmm. the Simpson. Like she was like Anna Nicole Smith in a different, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it was very like Anna, but like, oh, like I I just got off of this very clean 70s van, but it was very clean. It wasn't dirty. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It had um, like almost famous vibes kind of Jessica. Oh, 100. Oh my God. So hard. So right. Like her. Oh my God, just like heard like, like I'll never forget seeing Jessica's, I don't think people, I mean, I guess this is debatable. It's definitely debatable, but I would argue that Jessica, as far as like mainstream goes, she really made like ripped up, distressed denim, just like tucked into like a a slouchy boot. Like that to me was like such a, like Jessica just had this very sort of casual, easy, um like no frills take on like bohemian fashion but it was still very like you said very feminine very girly oh very feminine she's like there's something about her that's obviously she's like a very like southern belle girl next door Mm -hmm. and I mean she's a lot like Britney in that way that she's just like always gonna be like I mean she's a sweet girl like that's a sweet girl like can't you can't tell me there's no one in this godforsaken damn planet that wouldn't be like Jessica Simpson I I, I maybe not like her but she's a sweet girl she is right. definition of sweet girl and I yeah. love when she did that time of her life because to me when she was doing that I was like oh my god this is Jessica Simpson having fun like she's having fun this is yeah. her she's having a good time you know that's kind of when obviously the Daisy Duke of it like oh my god maybe uh, of it all like that was amazing it's crazy to me that like oh my god I don't know she was just so perfect for that role trash like just trash goodness totally and everybody always talk I mean there's obviously been a big resurgence of just like examining this stuff and everybody always talks about her infamous not only her infamous like um turtleneck thick knit sweaters and like like I said her distressed denim um, but her fucking shawl, her brown <laughs> woven shawl, like she made shawls cool for young I, girls. I, okay. A question that I was going to ask you, and this is just like brought up because the godforsaken shawl is probably like, <laughs> I have like a couple things of the two thousands that I would never fucking want to come back. Right. And that shawl is one of them. And I was going to ask you either what are like some of those worst things that you don't want to come back or what is the worst 2000s outfit that you can think of because I have mine in my head perfectly you know honestly and I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this oh my god like you love it (laughs) 
<laughs> it's the... <laughs> no, no, listen. No, it's not that. It's not that. No, it is the calf length legging flat and denim skirt. Like it just the from from waist to to bottom. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just so visceral for me. Like it's oh my, just so you know, like people had to wear the leggings so you could wear your denim skirt to school. Everyone knows that. Totally. Let me tell you something. And I think that I talked about this before. I don't know what happened. I don't know what sort of call was made to everybody. I don't know what the tea was because I wasn't involved. I wasn't invited in the conversation, but I will never forget one day I went to school. And like I said, I was like friends with two groups of people. They were all either really preppy or very punk and like seen. And I went to school, every single one of my girlfriends was wearing a polo, a denim skirt, calf length leggings, and flip-flops or flats. Every single one. It was like the day that everybody decided, I'm going to do it. Well, I'm going to do it. I'll tell you exactly what happened. They all called each other the night before and was (laughs) like, listen, I'm going to wear a skirt tomorrow, but only if you wear a skirt tomorrow. Right, totally. <laughs> and that's exactly how that happened, Troy. So my my outfit is very similar. It is, the denim skirt is in there, a distressed denim Hollister mini, <laughs> sweaty Ugg boots. Oh. Like where your toes are sliding in there. Oh. <laughs> a... To at least minimum of two camis that you pull down Mm -hmm. throughout the day. You just keep pulling them down. Oh my God. You just keep pulling them down. A godforsaken crochet shawl and a headband. (laughs) Kill me. Yes. My if somebody, if someone who really hates me wants to do something terrible to me and like murder me that's the outfit that you would put on me and then kill me that people would find me in that godforsaken outfit when I'm dead and you have to also there's either a choker or like a statement necklace with like an owl on it oh my god no yeah the statement necklace that I think would be it would be one of those very large like I hope you remember what I'm talking about they're like very large like seashell pendants oh say less Oh, <laughs> literally say less like metal yes it's disgusting oh that would just like hang in between your boobs and it was like this one big gaudy necklace like so gaudy <sighs> so big so big hang right in between your cleavage like oh my <laughs> okay so sorry that we had to take that detour but I had to know no and I will say just to be to be clear I'm all about the revival of the denim skirt I love like me too I love me- a denim skirt but it's just that whole moment like I agree with yours too like from top to bottom like I don't want that look to come back in that way I just can't handle it like my body won't but I can't I can't take it it's not okay for anyone it wouldn't be safe for anyone it would not be safe well now we have to talk about we transition from the mid 2000s to the late 2000s which is the 1980s. It is literally the 80s on crack. So you're seeing like fingerless gloves. You're seeing uh, everything is neon, bubble skirts. 
Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. You said the bubble skirt. <laughs> now leggings have become, they've gone from leggings to tights and they're fucking highlighter pink and they're green and you're like double layering them or they're striped. Leg warmers came back. Do you remember when leg warmers came back? Listen, as a bitch who is, I forever love a tacky 80s moment. I'm a vintage bitch. I'm a dolly. For sure. Brand fine bitch. I love a leg warmers moment, but they did not come back in the pride that they deserved. Okay. They were like, you know what they were? They were the arms cut off of knit sweaters. Oh, oh my God. Terrible. Because that's the thing is like, they try to remake all this shit and it's made in like really low quality 2000s fast fashion way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you get like the funny thing about all those tights that you said was you get them and you'd see your ass through them (laughs) 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 oh my god the neon tights lots of animal print and this was like this coincides with myspace obviously yes the scene kit like the emo fashion moment yeah scene culture is at its peak so even if you're not like a little punk kid, there's still some sort of underlining, you know, punk emo, neon punk element to what you're wearing, probably. Even if you're like an American Eagle girl, there's some tiny little something. There's a trinket of, of uh, neon punk on you somewhere. Oh, 100%. You totally go into Claire's and you get like a fun neon pop. Yeah. It's <laughs> totally. <laughs> and then you're Oh my God, do you guys want to go into Hot Topic? I think I might get a Nightmare Before Christmas (laughs) t-shirt. Oh my God. Like this time period for me is really where I popped off. I'm going to be honest with you. This is where I really decided, listen, I'm not going to come out and just say that I'm gay, but when I walk into a room, you'll know based on the (laughs) fact that I am like, I started getting paid to distress people's jeans and oh I had like, <laughs> love a young business owner, a hustler. <laughs> I had a little side gig where I was like, I had become really good at distressing jeans. I would like come over people's houses with like a cheese grater and be like, where are they? Like I was, I loved this time in fashion. Like I was oh just God. in heaven. Troy, was this because I am like a Dunzo historian? I know this for a fact that you also were very good at straightening your friend's hair. Oh, God. So you could come over and you'd be like, bitch, I'm going to straighten this hair. I'm going to distress these jeans. <laughs> it's true. This is, yeah, this is when I learned how to do hair. Literally, just the best. I mean, you were, were you not like the best, the best gay friend of the 2000s of all time? But I was like, and by the way, girls, I like women as I'm like winding the last piece of a blowout on somebody's <laughs> curling iron. Um, <laughs> I, also, I also very much agree. This is kind of when I popped off. I feel the most too. I also feel like it was because I graduated high school in 2010. So mm. once you got like, I, you get a little older and you're like, I'm going to do it. And I feel like this kind of coincides when Lady Gaga kind of really like Mm. hit the scene hard with all these crazy experimental fashions. Yes, totally. So you were seeing like, I mean, and she was doing scene kid, club kid. It was like the club kid of the 2000s that we never got of the 90s. You know what I mean? For us personally, for our generation. And we had never seen anything like that before. So I think it was like the breakout of 
doing bad fashion ironically again. I agree with that. Because she, I always say that Lady Gaga unleashed everybody's inner Liberace. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> like whatever, even like for pop stars, like whatever pop star you maybe like wanted to be, post Lady Gaga, you could be. Like Rihanna was like, well, I want to be a little, a little edgy. I want to, I want an edgier haircut. Like I, you know, I don't want to be Ponde replay Rihanna anymore. And then Lady Gaga happened and you could, you know, same thing with Katy Perry. Like everybody was a little, a little bit more drag forward after Gaga. It was like in the most avant-garde way. Mm -hmm. It was so, I don't know. I just think we really needed it at that time in like fashion because we're it's what you said. We're coming off the mid 2000s. It was kind of like low key. It was like really sweet. Like, and then you get into this crazy, like we're about to go insane again. Cause we're at the end of the decade where you juxtapose it to the beginning of the decade where we were going crazy, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is really interesting to think about. Yeah. I would say, I mean, if, if I had to pick like a a most tacky time period like I would say that this was probably like this time was like really really you know it was eek it was bad but not good and then I always think of something that I find out a lot because just like out when I'm out picking for treasures and things that it's really weird when you find these things from these time from this time period specifically because we're kind of like midway of that 20 year rule right Mm -hmm. like we're kind of 10 years away from it Mm -hmm. so we're kind of like okay this was a while ago but it's still something you look at with a little bit of disdain like I find so many of those stupid boardwalk t-shirts Oh my God. You, and you know, exactly everyone that's listening to this has to know exactly what I'm talking about. When I say the boardwalk t-shirts, cool story, bro. Absolutely. Oh my senior, God. Senior week 2014. So like, I see those out all the time. And in my head, I'm like 10 years from now, is this going to be a thing? You're right. It's a little too close still. It's still feel, too close, but yeah. guarantee it's probably going to be a thing again. it's true I mean we always are so shocked by it and I feel like we are the most shocked right now like people people have really had a hard time coming to terms with the fact that the early 2000s is back because the 90s was back for so long and like you said earlier for us it's still back for millennials it's like we're not we're not over it yet yeah and I think that's a difference with a lot of other generations too because I feel like we haven't had the fucking time to process things for it to be back yet because our generation and it like not even trying to get really deep and kind of dark here, but like we're the nine 11 generation. Sure. We're the 1% generation. We're the black lives matter. Like, you know, like all of these things, there's never, can you ever picture a time in your life where it was like, you looked at everything and was like, well, this is, this isn't shit. Like it's always been, this is kind of shit. Like maybe we've had little spurts here and there, but it's like, I feel like we've had to process so much and because of how much media we consume where we don't have, we don't process it at a proper rate for this to be happening to us and now it's like that's why it's kind of traumatic to see these things come back because it harkens back to a time that was really traumatic we're the only generation who i I think that we walk this fine line between being like 
at times really boomery and like feeling really old and also like not at all because we're the only generation who can remember everything. not have we remember everything and we like our childhoods weren't internet exactly like, like we remember the creation of the internet we remember i mean you remember game boys you remember gaming systems you remember yeah. box tvs yeah we're the only generation that like like when I am sitting with people and like we're at like dinner or something and everybody's on their phones, like I'm, I'm young enough to know that that's like normal now, but I'm also old enough to be like, I remember when this was like super rude. Right. <laughs> like, I remember when this would have been considered really inappropriate which to be sitting I, at, at Olive Garden in silence or whatever. Which by the way, bitch, I still think that's super rude. Do not ask yeah. me to come out. Do not ask me to come out to dinner with you if you ain't speaking to me. <laughs> Right. Like, I'm not going to sit and watch you text while I eat soup. I'm I, I'm not, that's not happening. Um, I want to end this episode by talking. So obviously the early 2000s is interesting. It's an interesting time for fashion because it felt like we, everything that we had known had gotten sort of turned on its head. Right. And all of a sudden you had these really young people like infiltrating the designer world, like the designer world of it all the labels and the, 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 like the, the, uh, just like young people caring about fashion houses all of a sudden. And that just brands, brands, like becoming this huge thing. And then you had hip hop culture that had become so mainstream, like mainstream to the point that rappers could wear whatever the fuck they wanted for the first time. So you had hip hop culture infiltrating fashion and I was going to say this earlier, but I decided not to spoil it. I know that he's a monster now. Like, I know that that Kanye West is a full-on fucking monster. But if we're having a conversation about the early 2000s, I have got to say, as a little Black teenage boy, as a little Black gay boy, seeing Kanye West wear that pink polo, like, it really was transcendent for me as a, like, a kid. And, like, people like Pharrell and Andre 3000. Oh, yes. Just, it just, I don't even have like the words to describe like how thankful I was. Black men in fashion, even upwards to right now, are the trendsetters. And I know that you know, just like, when you think about even right now, like what you see basketball players wear to those conferences, where after the game all of that harkens back to like that Andre 3000 exactly what you said Kanye which first of all listen you don't have to apologize to me about (laughs) I I I I used to say for a long time that I was like a Kanye apologist because I love I just I love Kanye's music it's just there's something in early Kanye like you know I I miss the old Kanye man I miss him so bad and I late registration is one of my favorite albums of all time and I just like it makes me like I'm getting low because it makes me sad like you're right and I I always loved that about Kanye that he like rode that line of like preppy fashion as Mm -hmm. a black man and he talked about working at Gap which was like the whitest fucking store right all time and it reminded me a lot of like boys to men Mm, mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. 
I don't know if you've watched like that docu-series, like this is pop on Netflix. It's really good, but they talk a lot about boys to men and how they wore a lot of 1950s, 1960s, kind of like more quote unquote, like white approved fashions. Mm-hmm. Like crooner looks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just like look at Kanye as doing this in a different time and in a different period because it was so he just made it so fucking cool and exactly what you said of like the pink of it all yeah. like don't you remember i know every, like the shirt that said real men wear pink oh oh my god are you kidding of like, course that was everywhere yeah and it became like a saying oh it was exactly it was everywhere and it was like that was when all of those like preppy brands to Hollister, American Eagle were pumping out pastel colors for men. Yep. And like, it was so popular. It was so trendy. It's so crazy. And it's, it's crazy to think that like, at the time it was such like black men were so restricted in fashion and in culture that Kanye wearing a, a pale pink polo set the fucking world on fire like oh. it literally blew up everybody's minds so where they were like is that a black man in a pastel <laughs> couldn't believe all it reality like no joke black people should be the only people wearing pastels uh, can we talk i mean that is like 100 percent the truth <laughs> is there anything more fucking insane than a black woman in a fucking yellow Oh my God, when you, I was like, if you don't say yellow, I'm going to shit up. I mean, yeah. Black women, I mean, can we, like, I truly think, and going back to just the beginning of this decade, I think the beginning of this decade was marked by the Say My Name music video. And it honestly, if you watch that, I think it's a beautiful representation of Y2K fashion. Like, everything about it, and you have these beautiful, beautiful black women in these colors of it it's aesthetically pleasing it's everything that you could ever want and it's everything good about the era <laughs> I'm so happy that you brought that up because I le- I wanted to dedicate the end of this episode to the fact that black women invented early 2000s fashion and oh. <laughs> I mean specifically like black girl groups like literally like the group black and <laughs> Um, 3LW and Destiny's Child like I mean those looks like you said they're almost the most like if you had to if somebody was like well I don't know anything about Y2K like what does it all mean Black's music videos Destiny's Child's music videos like those are almost like the most perfect time capsule of forward-thinking Y2K fashion like the the whole aesthetic just right there in front of you 100% I mean even down to the survivor music video oh my god like are you are you kidding me that's something I could see bitches wearing out on the street right now I say bitches in the most welfare term I hope everyone knows totally I love that that's the most I'm a bitch like you a bitch we all bitches we are here together (laughs) like um hello um but I And that's why I even said earlier, like the Tina Knowles original girl, Tina Knowles thought of so many of those designs. And I think about that all the time when I Mm -hmm. see like, 
all these like photos of Destiny's Child and like the bandanas, the tank tops, the low rise jeans, the bedazzled everything. Mm-hmm. And then I think back to watching like those early videos of Beyonce and Tina and Tina in the back, like sewing the clothes minutes before the performance. Yeah. And just like how heavily themed all of their outfits were, where it was like, today we're doing orange and turquoise or like, but tomorrow we're doing army fatigue. And it was so, such creative, like inspired designs. Like it's really crazy to just Google image Destiny's Child's costumes and scroll through them. It is really like a feast of the fuck for the fucking eyes, honestly. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's like one of, it's couture. It's one of the things it's couture and that's something that I don't think people would say or they'd be like oh that's couture but the definition of couture is high fashion one of a maid or one of a kind made so that is couture for these girls I also think it needs it does not need to go and said that like little Kim Missy Elliott mm-hmm. are huge like people in this movement people that made I mean the Missy Elliott m- music video of here comes the rain like is another jump start of y2k fashion i'm so happy that you brought those two up specifically like missy my my final words in life will be something about missy being (laughs) not being like just not getting the respect she deserves like missy even now oh my god she's still not getting it like she gets respect but she doesn't get the cultural like the culture respect she doesn't get like the head nod to shit like oh yeah missy did that and neither does little kim and it pisses me off really bad the little kim is honestly it makes me so mad that it's almost like i i people always ask me to do look a little kim episode or like a series and i want to do that but it, it makes me so angry, like, what her image has become and how sort of forgotten her influence has become. It makes me so mad that I'm, like, almost afraid to record it. Like, I, I just, I cannot believe, like, Lil' Kim was mentioned in that low-rise, the history of the low-rise jeans article as you know a huge I mean like literally one of the first people at the David LaChapelle party and it was yeah that outfit was amazing like her who the fuck would these like who would every who would Cardi B be (laughs) without Lil' Kim who would she be who would Nikki be without Lil' Kim like what would female the female rap landscape even look like we have no idea it's like oh and we can't have this conversation right now but it's the same thing of you speaking on and I I, this is gonna sound so crazy me comparing little Kim to Carrie Bradshaw but the (laughs) but the anti-hero of the female Mm -hmm. it is very much that and it's even extra because little Kim is a black woman yeah so she's demonized even more I would love to you should come back for a full carry like maybe when like sex in the city happens or something or we can just do like a sex in the city episode or whatever but like I'd love to have a Carrie Bradshaw conversation with you oh my god honey I'm a phone call away I'm here for you always (laughs) Uh, (laughs) well I guess the very the very last thing I wanted to say since we are ending on like just talking about hip-hop fashion um 
I feel like there's a lot of people who don't know who Dapper Dan is. Oh God, yeah, I'm so happy you brought this up. And Dapper Dan is sort of, I think out of everybody we've talked about, I think like every, Rachel Zoe, everybody that we've talked about, I would say Dapper Dan is the person that you see um, have has had the most influence on what we've worn in the, the past 30 years. I agree. And I can, I, I feel kind of bad saying this, but I feel like I can guarantee that almost most people don't know who he is. Yeah. I would say so. If you're listening to this and you don't know anything about Dapper Dan, literally just put his name in Google. There are so many interesting think pieces and documentaries about him. Basically in a nutshell, he's this guy in the eighties during like the rise of hip hop. He took designer labels and he would make these fake versions of designer stuff that was like what you would consider in quotes tacky but it's like what we wear now it was like brand on top of brand he's basically the creator of bootleg fashion totally like Billie Eilish's entire look is oh my god I was gonna bring her up I was gonna bring her up I wanted to be like I need people to not credit Billie Eilish I need people to credit like Black and Destiny's Child and oh my god why am I blanking Candy's group what was Candy's group oh Escape Escape yeah I need them to be like come on Aaliyah TLC like Billy like this is not new right yeah like Dapper Dan would take like he I was looking at pictures of like his work and even like Gucci like when you look at what's really popular right now Gucci like the um the embellishments like the patchwork, the sewn on tiger. Oh, and it's so extra, so maximalist. I love, yeah. I love it. He used to do all of that stuff by hand and Gucci is still using his designs as inspiration. Gucci, Versace, like all of them, they use his designs from his house in the 80s as inspiration for all of their collections. Like every single thing no matter what the theme is that year, is inspired by Dapper Dan. It's really fucking crazy. It's really crazy and it's really sad because- it's, Yeah. It's really sad. It's, um, I, I guess I hate to like end it all on like a dark note, but I think it's just like very important to always remember that it does almost always come back to exploiting somebody or some something's talent, you know what yeah. I mean? And especially when it comes to the black community, and it's something where it's like they get demonized for something for so long and then all of a sudden it's cool in white culture. And that's what happens a lot for these trends, right? <laughs> right. So, totally. I mean, 100%. even and like, when we're even talking about like low rise jeans, low rise jeans became popular because of like low rise styles in hip hop community that they were like demonized and put down for but then it became like a very popular trend and normal fashion of 2000s. Yeah, and we see, I mean, it, it never, it never stops. Like, it never stops. I'll never forget, like, fucking scrolling through Instagram and like, just seeing the, like, the term boxer braids. Oh my God. All I was over hoping, the place. I, and I was like, like, I knew you were going to say that, but I was like, low key hoping you weren't going to say that because it's so just. I don't know. That's a whole nother conversation. I, I feel like, I feel really the cultural appropriate, the cultural appropriation conversation within the fashion world is so deep and it's still like ongoing because 
you know, I see Asian, like I see Asian fashions being appropriated all the time. And I see Native American fashions being appropriated all the time. And those are like the next two things that I feel like people need to tackle because we've done a decent job at kind of coming at people when it comes to like, you know, black cultural appropriation, totally. but we still have like all of this insane Native American, Asian cultural appropriation that's happening like within the fashion world. And it's ongoing. It's what you said. Like, I don't really ever see like an end to that because at the end of the day, fashion is a big trickle up theory and the big head designers will almost always take from people below them. And that's how, I don't know, that's just how fashion works. And it's, it's really interesting. And if you really want to know trends and know what's coming next, look within, look down, look back. Like that's where you're going to find the next trends. It's so true. It's always like the trends that happen in the past that you least expect to come back where you're like, that'll never happen again. And they do. They always do. They always come back. Who knows? Maybe one, maybe in like a week, we will be wearing fucking high-low dresses with jeans. Who Oh my God. I mean, knows? mullets are back. Like mullets are back. Like hot girls with hot mullets with mullet dresses. I can totally see being. <laughs> well, Daniel, thank you so much. This was uh, like so much fun and this is exactly what I hoped it would be so I'm really I'm really excited that we got to do this oh my god thank you so much me too there's still uh I just urge everybody to always follow their fashion dreams wear whatever the fuck you want to wear but always take note of where you came from (laughs) (laughs) no truly and I want everybody who like doesn't know who Daniel is to seriously like your it's so crazy because it's not like I contemplate buying <laughs> buying <laughs> your women's fashion your vintage women's fashions but I just am so fucking fascinated by the stuff that you find and your eye I think that you have so it's just incredible like I'm just very 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 interested and fascinated by your whole gig and you sell some really fucking good shit so tell people again where they can find you Oh my God. Well, first of all, thank you so much. I am blushing. I like never say that. It's so lame. I feel like when people <laughs> that, like, I'm totally blushing. Like, bitch, no, I'm blushing. Um, very appreciative. You can find me at Golden Trash on Instagram. It's G-L-D-N-T-R-S-H. No vowels, said Vanna White. And I definitely do try my very hardest to find appreciation in all kinds of different stylings and different eclectic ways that people dress. So I very much like to think that I'm size inclusive, style inclusive. Totally. Um, Yeah. I love that. It's fashion is the unspoken word of the world. We get to tell people how we're feeling, who we are just by what we wear. I feel like that could be on a Netflix documentary. (laughs) I feel like you could have a Netflix documentary. Honestly. Oh <laughs> like you could have a show about just running your boutique because it's so fascinating. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I don't know what to say. I'm like, oh, thank you so much, Troy. I like, I love you so much. So thank you so much for having me. You do the Lord's work. You're like, you are the voice of God to me. You are oh my God. I'm joking. And like when you and Kelly recently came out with like beyond the blinds and then I was like oh my god wait more Troy content and then you guys came out with a Patreon 
on. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And I never thought in my life that I would ever want a man as much as I want you. (laughs) Oh my God. Now now I'm blushing. Oh Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you. And just you, I need to tell everyone once again, I feel like I need to say this every time I'm on your show, even if it's like not relevant, please go and listen to the Whitney and Bobby uh, series that Troy McGeady himself has done. It truly is some of his best work that he's ever done. And it's historical content that will be taught to our future generation. Oh my God. <laughs> well, you'll def- I'm so excited that we just opened up this uh, lane of like recording. Cause I definitely just want to like have you back on a million times to talk about fashion stuff. So you guys, Danielle will be back. We're going to have a Carrie Bradshaw conversation that I can't wait for. Um, I'm so excited. I'm obsessed with you. I love you. And thank you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.